1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10
2: per order, additional term supply. Patriots, greetings, welcome, salutations, and steamy hot Thursday alohas to you as we get underway with the uh, hour of the program we jokingly refer to it as the 5 o'clock follies. It is the most heavily commuted. And as a result, most heavily congested hour of the Bobby Mack electric radio program. And as always, your input is invited, encouraged, and welcomed. And to be a part of the conversation, just grab the phone. Use the Ingalls Advantage talk line number, 800-347-1063. Common Sense Retirement Planning text line number, 71307. And my email address, Bob at 1063WORD.com. Mentioned earlier in the program from the uh, Couldn't Happen to a Nicer Guy department, the, uh, the mayor of uh, Portland, the City of Roses, uh, got uh, his fair share of tear gas, or as uh, Mick Jagger might have put it uh, in an earlier day, his fair share of abuse, uh, when he uh, tried to get real with the peaceful protesters. <laughs> as the media insists on referring to them while they're uh, busy uh, with their uh, anarchist activities. And joining me this afternoon is a uh, former Congressman Bob Barr. Uh, Bob is also a uh, former U.S. attorney for the Northern District of Georgia and represented uh, Georgia's 7th district in the House for a number of years. Bob, good to have you back. How are you, my friend?
3: I am doing fine. Uh, I can't say the same for the rest of the country, but I'm doing fine here, and one of the reasons that I'm doing fine and feeling good is uh, the fact that at least we have a president standing up to these uh, to these violent thugs and these anarchists.
2: It's it's truly amazing to watch the reactions of these uh, Marxist-inspired mayors and, and governors uh, in some of these states, in cities like Chicago. And cities like Minneapolis and cities like Portland. Uh, Bob, by the way, is the president of the Law Enforcement Education Foundation, and he has a piece uh, today of the Daily Caller. Portland is now ground zero in America's culture war. And I guess if there was going to be a Petri dish for this, Bob, then Portland uh, would be a, a likely candidate, huh?
3: It does seem so, and even though one might expect uh, this sort of thing to uh, take place in some of the uh, more major cities uh, like uh, Detroit or Chicago or New York, and certainly Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of violence in these cities, uh, what you're talking about in terms of uh, being sort of the the poster child, as it were, for... (laughs) the new breed of anarchy uh, and irresponsible public officials, uh, Portland does, in fact, take the prize. Uh, and it's been developing in Portland for a number of years, but uh, has accelerated under its uh, manby-pamby pacifist uh, mayor, Ted Wheeler. I mean, it, the guy's just a disgrace as a public official.
2: Yeah, no question about it. Uh, essentially, uh, we've got a soy boy as as the mayor there, and and it's it's fascinating to see how these guys are trying to to play to the mob, and, and they remind me, Bob, of, of that old saying of trying to uh, placate the alligator in the hope that it will eat them last.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: Well, and 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 this will happen. Uh, I think right now, these elected officials, these public officials like uh, de Blasio and Cuomo and Lightfoot uh, and Ted Wheeler and others, they're utterly consumed and blinded by their hatred for Trump. But uh, what they certainly seem not to realize is that if their wish comes true uh and president trump is defeated and if heaven forbid the democrats take control of the senate uh these uh the these anarchists these thugs these violent groups they're not just going to say okay we won we'll go home now They're going to keep at it, and they will uh, keep going at it. And you're right. Uh, The violence eventually, if allowed to continue, will consume the Ted Wheelers and the Lori Lightfoots and the Bill de Blasio's and so forth, uh, despite what they might
2: think. And for those of us on the conservative side of the equation, Bob, we might uh, be... We're 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 generous people. We might be thinking, well, OK, you know, if Biden wins, then the Democrats will be in control. But it won't really be that much worse. And, and certainly they'll forgive and forget, uh, to which I say baloney. Uh, these these people are going to come after every conservative liberty lover in the country. Uh, they are unforgiving. And 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 they have long memories about who has stood in opposition to them.
3: I saw this. Uh, you're cor- absolutely correct. Uh, and I saw this, uh, Bob, in one of the very first hearings in which I was involved after I was, I was elected to the House in 1994. Mm-hmm. Right. It was the Waco hearings in early 1995. And the Republican leadership, newly in charge of the House at the time, thought that We uh, should have a a very nice civil hearing and be fair to the other side and concede things to them. Mm -hmm. The very first day of that hearing, uh, Chuck Schumer, who was the most senior Democrat on uh, on the committee at the time conducting the Waco hearings, he completely took control of that. He ran over the Republican leadership, never looked back. And this is the way Chuck Schumer and the other Democrats operate. They are street fighters. They are yep. mean. They are consistent. They don't play by the marquee of Queensbury rules like the Republicans continue to think that they can do. And the Democrats, they'll not let up uh, simply because they might gain a majority in the Senate. What they will do is they will change the rules uh for voting uh, in federal elections right. so that they will make it almost impossible, if not impossible, for a Republican ever to be elected again.
2: It's a terrifying it, prospect.
4: It's you that mentioned,
2: You mentioned, Bob, and we're talking with Bob Barrs, former congressman from Georgia now, president of the Law Enforcement Education Foundation. You mentioned uh, in, in the opening of uh, our interview, Bob, uh, that you fully support President Trump, as I suspect. A vast majority of Americans do in, in uh, bringing an end uh, to these violent anarchists all over America, whether it's Portland or wherever it may be. And you wrote in the piece at uh, the Daily Caller, as president, Mr. Trump has an absolute responsibility to protect federal facilities and personnel whenever and wherever they are threatened, whether at home or abroad. That this is no longer considered by the Democrat Party as a legitimate underpinning of civil society illustrates the depth of the the depth of the chasm in in which we are sliding, and and I fully agree. In in your estimation, uh, Bob, uh, what can the President legally do uh, to try and uh, reverse what we're seeing in our cities?
3: He can do on, uh, initially he can do what he's been doing what he's done in Portland, for example, and that is a clear example of protecting federal facilities and federal personnel i mean that 's uh-huh. just crystal clear and if the court says that he can 't do it, uh, I would my advice uh, to the president is ignore that court order yep. we 've got to draw the line between the branches of government at some point, and now is as good a time as any to do it beyond that uh, the Role of the federal government it's not it's not unlimited, and I'm not saying the president need, uh, ha, should send federal law enforcement in to enforce local laws
2: understood but
3: where where you have federal laws that are broken, such as interstate travel in support of violence, that is a violation of a federal law, and sending federal law enforcement in to arrest those who are engaged in the interstate uh, travel and interstate work in support of these violent demonstrations, that is a legitimate exercise also of federal power. So the role that the feds can play in terms of the law enforcement and prosecution is very broad it's not unlimited mm-hmm. but it clearly i believe uh incorporates what we are seeing happening with these violent mobs in cities across the country from portland oregon to my hometown of atlanta
2: yeah and and that's that's a great point about uh interstate laws that that violate Uh, federal uh, mandates, because we know that these Antifa thugs, amongst others, are very well organized. They have a leadership that uses social media to direct uh, the anarchist activities that they're engaged in. So it appears uh, on its face that these guys are violating federal laws.
3: There, there is very clear evidence of that. We've seen it ever since these violent demonstrations in the wake of the George Floyd killing. Uh, we've seen it time and time again. It's very well documented. And it's not simply people coming into a city from another area or even another state simply to peacefully protest, even though right. that's what, uh, you know, de Blasio and uh, Ted Wheeler and so forth say. It's people coming in They're as you say, very well organized. They communicate. Uh, And they use uh, channels of interstate communication, email, phone and so forth Mm -hmm. uh, to incite to violence. That is a federal crime. It's well documented in a lot of these instances. And I think the president and the attorney general Barr, great name there, uh, are well within their (laughs) rights to do what they're doing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Bob Barr, president of the Law Enforcement Education Foundation, and his piece uh, at the Daily Caller is going to be posted up on our Facebook page here as soon as we finish. Uh, Portland is now ground zero in America's culture war, and it certainly is. Bob, always a pleasure to talk with you. Thanks for your time again today, and be well, sir.
3: My pleasure entirely. Look forward to seeing you again, Bob.
2: You bet. Thank you, sir. 18 after 5 here on the Bobby Mac Show. Take a quick break here, and then uh, we proceed along in the 5 o'clock Follies on a steamy
4: hot Thursday here on WORD.
1: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: My thanks to former congressman and former CIA analyst, by the way, Bob Barr, joining me this afternoon. He's uh, been a while, uh, he's been a friend for a pretty good while, and it's good to have an opportunity to have him on the program. In on the uh, text line 71307. Uh, Bobby Dems don't hate Trump. He just happens to be the guy in the seat. They hate the ideas he stands for, Freedom, America first, and enforcing the law. Uh, COVID won't disappear on November 4th. They obviously want contact tracing, vaccines, and immunity passports. Did anybody notice that Trump told uh, Dr. Siegel that people don't die of the flu, that people definitely die of COVID, but people don't die of the flu? Uh, Bobby, since CS gas is actually a powder and not a gas, I guess the mayor of Portland found out uh, those masks don't work too well. A hey, Bobby, Ted Wheeler is a disgrace as an American, not just as a Politician. Oh, and uh, we hear from uh, the Biden campaign on on my text line again. I always know it's from Joe because they all begin the same way, Billy. Always oh, calls me Billy. Billy, this is the Biden campaign. We had corn pop. Look it up, and gullible is in the dictionary. So there you go. And please vote Joe for for Senate. Gotcha. Thank you, uh, Joe. Appreciate that, uh, Bobby. So, if someone's religious beliefs prohibit them wearing a face covering, then they're magically not able to infect anyone else. These rules are so ridiculous. Uh, Bobby sounds like left wing. Excuse me. Sounds like left wing logic. You must be where you started from to understand how to get where you are. Otherwise, you won't understand how to get to where you aren't. <laughs> what? Uh, hey, Bobby, how about the temporary Redskins football team name for this season? The Washington football team. Duh. I'm sure then, of course, they'll carp about the name Washington because, of course, he was a slave owner, you know, from Jim, avid listener. I suspect that uh, what is at work there as well is this guy, and I can't remember his name. We did the story about a week or two ago, a guy who lives in Alexandria. And, of course, we've known that the Redskins' name was going to be going away. It was was not a question of if. It was a question of when. And so uh, this fella uh, copyrighted every name he could think of that was a potential good name, For the Washington football team and a number of the ones probably half a dozen of them are ones that the Redskins had publicly talked about names they were considering for the team so so before the the billionaire Dan Snyder genius that he is uh, could even pick a name this guy got the copyright uh, for many of the ones they were considering so now I suspect uh, the reason uh, why they have not settled on a new nickname for the Washington football team is because he actually has one of the ones that they want and they're going to spend some time uh, negotiating with him to see uh, what it's going to cost him. So the, uh, the president announcing yesterday... Uh, and, and Bob Barr and I were talking about this, and we were talking about Portland and Chicago and many of these other cities that uh, have uh, lunatic lefty mayors and essentially are encouraging law-breaking rather than law enforcement. Many many of these problems we see, especially in a place like Chicago, uh, involve cultural issues as well. I have seen... Two separate videos in the in the past just three or four days one um, a bunch of uh black youths they they appear to be 20 ish teens to twenty ish they're on a fast they're in a fast food place and the guy is there with his girlfriend who is how can I delicately put this? she's a big girl, okay and the other people the the other guys that are in this fast food place are making fun of her and so her boyfriend all of a sudden and this is captured on security video her boyfriend whips out a gun and shoots four people dead because they were insulting his girlfriend there's another video today that's up on Fox some people just uh, walking across a bridge in uh, Chicago and again you know somebody says the wrong thing uh, somebody with a chip on their shoulder gets dissed, and so he pulls out a gun and starts shooting. This is, this is how we end up with uh, one-year-old babies uh, in their cradles being shot to death in their sleep. When we've got morons out there who have uh, no ethics, no morals, just, you know, if somebody says something you don't like, you just pull out a gun and shoot them. I'm waiting to see which federal authorities are going to be able to make that cultural shift. And on the other side of the news, I'm going to be uh, talking with uh, Bob Woodson. He is the founder and president of the Woodson Center. Uh, and, and he has a, an organization you need to know about called 1776 Unites. And we're going to talk about uh, the cultural shifts in this country and uh, just how we have arrived where we are and hopefully be able to turn it around. He'll be with me. After Annie, who is next in the news center. 5.30 here on the Bobby Mack Show on
4: WORD.
2: Welcome back. Great to have you along. 5.37 now. It's 23 before 6 here on the Bobby Mack Show. Pleased to be joined this afternoon by Robert L. Woodson. Bob is the founder and president of the Woodson Center and uh, wants to talk uh, with us today about uh, something that is a, a vital import, uh, in in my estimation, to this country. Bob, welcome, first of all. Great to have you here. Uh, pleased to be here. Senator Cotton of... Senator Cotton of Arkansas, Bob, recently said that uh, radical leftists like the authors of the New York Times so-called 1619 project claim that our experiment in democracy is founded on slavery and racism, and want to indoctrinate kids in our schools with their distortions and lies. Uh, the senator said we must face them with the truth and stop this madness. And and that really uh, is is all about what uh, your organization. 1776 unites uh, is is intended uh, to to do is is that correct?
4: Yes, it really is. Um, I'm a veteran of the civil rights movement, and and I can tell you that what 1619 and Black Lives Matter is doing has nothing to do with civil rights or confronting injustice. They are really using America's birth defect of slavery mm-hmm. as a bludgeon. Um, and, and trying to re, trying to define America by its birth defect of slavery. And then it writes that as a consequence of that, America's birth date is really not 1776, but 1619. And then they point to uh, evidence of inequities in the urban centers of the out-of-wedlock uh, births of 70% of community and violence. And they are saying incorrectly and falsely that the contemporary problems facing many low-income blacks are, are, are directly related to that legacy of slavery and discrimination, and so that is we have. And so, since they are using the black community, and that we, as a group, of black professionals and activists, have come together because we think, uh, since they are using the the race issue as a bludgeon. The country. We wanted to to let people know that there are Black Americans who are standing up for the country, and so we've assembled scholars and activists, and we're actively providing an alternative narrative to this that talks about no one should be defined by their birth defect or what they used to be, but what their promise is. And so we we are um, directly refuting uh, what they're doing, and we're really gaining momentum.
2: Yeah, and it's a very important message, uh, Bob, and and a message that, that I have been familiar with for some time from uh, people such as uh, some very brilliant people like uh, Dr. Thomas Sowell and, and Walter Williams and others. And you look at the, uh, the, the so-called values or behaviors that BLM stands in opposition to, and they sound like... Values that that I heard about and you probably did as well growing up things like self-reliance the nuclear family Rational linear thinking hard work as a key to success respect for authority uh, and on and on Uh, Including being polite. These are all things that are according to BLM allegedly tied only to whiteness and if you employ any of these what I consider to be virtues uh, then I uh, guess what, uh, you're acting white, you're disgracing your own race. Is that what they're
4: claiming? It is It is the most self-deprecating, almost insulting that they would say that. Uh, but it's very interesting. A lot of the authors of this foolishness are themselves accomplished, well-educated professionals who have used all of those traits to gain uh, upward mobility in a society and so it's, it's, it's hypocritical for them to decry the very uh, steps that – the steps that they took towards success. They are now looking back to low-income blacks and said, uh, you don't qualify to follow in the path that we have taken mm-hmm. because you uh, are not responsible. Nothing is more lethal than saying to someone they have an exemption from personal responsibility. And that's what, the, what they're doing with this 1619 curriculum. They are they're further uh, worsening the conditions of low-income blacks by telling them, if you're underachieving, it's not your fault. It's the legacy of slavery and discrimination. And they're also vilifying the police as an extension of white supremacy, which means that the police are nullified and they don't aggressively enforce the laws in those communities. And as a consequence, the murder rate soars. Sure, but it is not the middle class uh, i I said there are two classes of people who, who are really anger me that is uh angry rich entitled blacks and guilty white people these are <laughs> these two groups of people are 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 are, are 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 an abomination and so we we're we're directly challenging them they but they all live in safe communities. Just like the mayor of Portland, uh, right? Who came out into the crowd, but was saved by his security force.
2: Yep. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's amazing. The uh, the the ironies in this this whole business uh, are just uh, totally overreaching. The 1776 Unites group, uh, I think, is a terrific idea, uh, Bob. And and I know, and, and I'm sure you're aware as well. You're going to be swimming upstream here with the, the leftists uh, love affair with BOM and Antifa. How do you plan on going about spreading your message?
4: Well that's what we're we're relying upon. and it, it means when you're when you're outgunned and outspent, it means you gotta outsmart the other person. Mm-hmm <laughs> you got to employ uh, uh, innovative uh, innovation. And so uh, we're we're in a David and Goliath fight, but I remember who won that fight, don't you?
2: (laughs) I seem to recall that it was a little guy, yeah.
4: (laughs) It was a little guy. Well, we're that that little guy. And and I think what we're doing is really developing curriculum. We're developing a ground game. We are going to... uh, We have essays. We are going to be telling the story of of black America, for instance, uh, Mm -hmm. 1619 claims that the legacy of slavery. Well, the the education, we have studies that reveal when slavery ended in 1865, a study of of the records of six major plantations show that 75 percent of all those slave families had a man and a woman raising children. Right. We had nuclear families, even in slavery, and that tradition continued for a hundred years until the poverty programs of the '60s. Mm-hmm. When we, we intention- were denied access to hotels, sure. we built hotels, insurance companies, medical schools, but all of this is hidden from the public and denied young blacks that we achieved uh, against the odds. And so, sixteen—I mean, seventeen seventy-six is going to tell the real story of America uh, and
2: and also black America and it's it's certainly advantageous in getting your message out uh, Bob Johnson that you have the truth on your side
4: no we we really do and 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 so we are we are getting people are coming to us volunteer to help us to get our message out we're picking up funding we're telling people to fund 1776 unites Mm-hmm. And people are really opening their wallets, and they're offering to volunteer. Uh, so we, we're 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 creating a groundswell that I think we're going to develop videos. We're going to have documentaries. Uh, we're going to promote movies like Uncle Tom that, that Larry Elder did. Right. And so, so we're we're pulling off the gloves. We're going to defend this country. But Black Americans fought in every war in this country and not one was ever convicted of treason. Right. Are you going to tell me that that legacy, all of those people over the centuries, were not as knowledgeable as these folks at 1619?
2: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. What is
4: it that they know that, that, that decades and decades of leaders in the past didn't know?
2: Yeah, this, uh, this sudden, brilliant discovery on the part of the New York Times, and, and we know uh, where their ideology wise as well. I think it's a brilliant idea, Bob, and I commend you for doing it. And I know that others will as well uh, for, for people who are interested in learning more about 1776 Unites, how can they uh, get in touch and, and help you guys? They can get,
4: just look on 1776 Unites with an S. Dot com. 1776 Unites.com. And they can donate. They can get information. Uh, so we, we we want you to come and join the struggle to defend America.
2: I uh, I commend the effort, uh, Bob, and and uh, Godspeed to you. Robert L. Woodson, he's the founder and president of the Woodson Center and a uh, driving force behind 1776 Unites. God bless, Bob. Take care, and thank you for your time, sir. Thank you. All My right. thank you. 547 now, 13 before 6 here on The Bobby Mack Show.
4: Be right back. Welcome back. Great to
2: have you along. Five fifty-two, eight before six here on the Bobby Mack Show. I want to thank both both my guests in this hour, uh, former Congressman Bob Barr and uh, and Bob Woodson from the Seventeen Seventy Six Unites program. Uh, and and uh, Bob is absolutely right uh, about the true motivation of uh, B O M. That they are they are essentially in the victimization business. Uh, They want to convince people that uh, in the America, as they want to paint it, uh, you have no chance. So why even try? You know, systemic racism prevents you from getting ahead. And and the other aspects of their mantra that are untrue, uh, because we see example after example. Look, America elected uh, a black man as president twice. So how does, how does that equate with what they're selling? Uh, but, you know, they, they obviously are using all of these uh, ideologies to uh, create more victims and, and hopefully to attract more people to their cause. And, and it's pathetic because uh, we see what's happening in the culture. Uh, I mentioned a couple of uh, shootings that, that I had seen videos of this week. Uh, today at the Zero Hedge, the Trump administration is expecting that trillions of dollars in fiscal injections with trillions more of uh, monetary crack from the Federal Reserve can boost the economy and revert economic activity to the good old days. However, decades of democratically controlled big government in inner cities uh, is leaving the, the premise of progressive policies and Printing, borrowing their way out of economic collapse has yet to prevent social decay, let alone socioeconomic turmoil within American cities. It's why President Trump is sending hundreds of federal agents to inner cities as record high stock market prices have yet to translate into economic revival for lawless communities where high unemployment plagues low income households. The administration can blame the other political party for the socio-economic decay or we can simply point the finger at decades of failed monetary policy resulting in the widest wealth inequality in history. So when a virus-induced recession comes along, inner-city households with no savings, insurmountable debts and non-asset holders are instantly wiped out. And when businesses close and layoffs surge, the chaos unfolding in Chicago, a perfect example of social disintegration. After years of worsening murder rates, earning the city the nickname Chirac, there's now an armed gang of children carjacking people at gunpoint. Chicago police say the children ages 10 to 17 have been on a carjacking spree across the south side of Chicago that started in late June. The group of kids in two incidents have uh, fired weapons in broad daylight as they approach their, their uh, victims. People in the community are terrified about these armed kids. Quote, I'm scared to use my garage. I don't feel safe in my neighborhood. Carjacking victim and school teacher Alyssa Blanchard told Fox 5. Blanchard said her BMW was stolen and used by the kids to carjack a woman at Trinity Hospital. I don't want to uh, have to tell my kids about how some young woman was killed or shot with kids using my vehicle. It was traumatizing. Blanchard uh, said uh, she was carjacked on July fourteenth by children. It was so instantaneous I was just scared for my wife. I thought, well, this is it. Blanchard said uh, she was horrified to see young children involved in this type of violent crime. There you go. These are uh, cultural problems that are not going to be easy to fix. Take a break for the news here at the top of the hour. There is one more to go. The bonus hour is still ahead, including today's edition
4: of Amazing True Facts.